Lotus Podcast, we're back. Uh, another episode. Seems to be the general trend lately. I start a lot of the recent ones with I'm very excited for today. And I am very excited for today. And we just have so many good guests, you know, it's hard not to get excited. <laughs> but uh, today we are very lucky, well, tonight, this evening, we're lucky to have Brad Sykes from Sykes Consulting. Brad Sykes Sports. Sports. Change name. Yeah, I saw the billboard go by as you drove up. <laughs> yep. uh, Brad, so I've admired Brad's work from afar for a long time. We haven't really crossed paths to an extent. Similar connections and networks, but the space that Brad's works in is is youth development or development in general, whether that's uh, sporting or just some other uh, softer skills that kids struggle to curate, I would say, and you've kind of tapped into that area exponentially, and I love it because it's something, that, something I'm really passionate about, so it's something, again, I'm really excited about today's chewing the fat as we call it yeah um but without uh, further ado as my normal intro goes welcome thank you very much mitch I'm bloody pumped mate it's um yeah the space that you guys have here your team um it's very admirable and it's it seems like a very good place for people to belong and uh get the best out of themselves and uh, that's what i'm all about that's what yep. um, a lot of the people that i work with are all about so yeah, it's a really good fit and i'm, I'm pumped to be here very nice. How'd you, uh, how did it start? Oh, um, I think going back to, I suppose, you're talking about business. Yeah, or, let's or go business. Mindset. Yeah, let's go business to start with, and then we'll, we'll yeah. go down a thousand rabbit holes as we do on podcasts. Yeah, I love it. Can't <laughs> wait for that. Um, 2014, so what's that, nine years ago, yeah, almost to the day, sort of the start of pre-season at Frankston Footy Club, myself and my best mate, Sam Fox, um, we're playing, you know, um, at, at the footy club um, under Goosey, yep. um, the Mornington Legends, and we were both in jobs. I was working at Dan Murphy's um, and hating it because my mum's an alcoholic or yep. was an alcoholic, and Foxy was doing sales and he didn't like the door-to-door stuff. He's naturally pretty shy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't his fit either. So we just thought, what can we do? And April holidays were coming up and we thought, why don't we run some holiday clinics for kids to get them active and, you know, having fun and weren't charging much at all. I don't. Yeah, we're, we're living with um, a couple of other housemates from Frank's Footy Club as well, and we, um, you know, it wasn't sort of about the money, of course, um, but <laughs> it had to be down the Cost, track if we, yeah. we wanted to quit our jobs. So um, yeah, just started small, and then June, July got bigger. September, and then um, and then yeah, Foxy went on to the St Kilda Footy Club a year or, or maybe two or three years later, um, and then sort of I was really passionate about what we'd built and. Um, and yet, yeah, sort of grew from there. Then working um, kids with autism as well, um, because it wasn't just about um, kids who naturally love sport. It was about yeah, how to curate a good environment for for kids who naturally don't gravitate to team sports because maybe um, inclusion is quite tough. Um, and then yeah, the elite pathways as well. Like very passionate about trying to get the best out of kids um, and the opportunities. So. You know, having some good role models to look up to, whether yes, S and C stuff, or whether it's mindset, um, which Taylor, my wife, is really really good with. So, um, yeah, it was just sort of nine years later. It's ha- happened quickly, but at the same time, it feels like a lifetime. It's interesting. Verta started in twenty fourteen too. Yeah, yeah nice. like he started out of his shed back in the day, and we moved into here. Still the same space in 2015 from memory. So, yeah, interesting. Same time. I didn't know that actually. Well, there must have been some big full moon. Well, Lockie and Sam and Foxy know each other. I think. Uh, I presume from junior footy, I think they're actually the same, the same age. Yeah, yeah they they're the same age. So they would have grown up playing rap in league and all that stuff uh, yep. at the same time. So as we said at the start, a lot of our networks cross over. Yeah. yeah. Community, like sport is amazing. I just did a session, the Savo, with a kid 
Um, he goes, I think my teacher knows you. He goes to Pearsdale. He plays at Pearsdale. And I'm like, isn't that interesting? And I've heard <laughs> his name as well, but obviously Bomb Beach and Pearsdale, different divisions. Yes. But like sport just like connects people. Um, so does the Peninsula. Cool. Yeah, and the <laughs> Peninsula, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's big, but at the same time. Oh, yeah, it's so small. <laughs> everyone knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah. <laughs> what is, uh, what's the main makeup of your business look like? Gee, I'm still trying to figure that out, to be honest. Um, I think a, a, a while ago when, when there was opportunities sort of coming and very grateful for good opportunities, like the, the sort of the four pillars, or I like to call it the box, and I always like going outside the box and I probably spend too much of my time there, but it had to do with um, healthy mindset. Um, it had to be something that was good for me but also the people I work with. It had to be youth. Um, I, I typically think there's a lot of area for improvement and growth in in people who are sort of under 20 um i still love working with adults and still working on myself and i'm 32 but i think that that's the sort of area i wanted to be um sport i think it's a good connector and it's a really good segue for life lessons um and the fourth one is inclusion i believe yeah so this is i did a big deep dive like a couple of years ago and just being very inclusive so not if somebody um, has a physical or mental disability, like for me, finding a way for them to feel welcome um, and not just going, no, I just want to be with, with the the elite or um, the ones who want to, you know, be a 400-metre runner and that sort of stuff. It, it's about, um, yeah, open to anyone and everyone can improve always. So, yeah, that's, that's sort of like where my work is mm-hmm. um, and then how it looks changes from day to day, which I like variety. I value variety. Certainty is okay. Like, I don't... You know, we've got uncertainty in our lives at the moment um, with you know what, what Taylor and I are doing and that's okay like yeah. a lot of people will be like it's exciting yeah it, I, <laughs> I find it exciting as opposed to the opposite yeah yeah, yeah. what does uh, what are your main offerings what's from main, like a product wise what, what yeah um, gee whiz bsports.com.au <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you can plug anything and everything <laughs> don't worry about that <laughs> um, so club development um, so do so there's a few clubs that we're doing some coach courses with, so helping them, helping coaches um, best sort of work with kids, um, which is exciting. Um, uh, we did a, a at Frankston High School yesterday. We did a mindset session, um, which is really cool. What a great school! Did you Miles go to Frankston? Ground, yeah, Miles Stumping yeah, Ground. There you go. Actually, just finished up working there. Oh, nice. Been there since I've been there longer since I've been at Virtus, actually. So doing oh. coaching, S and C, athletics, oh, cross country. It's yeah. a great school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did a mindset mastery class in like the big um, auditorium there. Yeah. It was pretty it's pretty impressive now. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I was like whoa. I've like, done a presentation standing up in front of that, going, oh, I don't ah, imposter. I don't belong here. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's something that Taylor and I, um, well, before all the year tens walked in, we're just like, whoa, like yeah. yeah, imposter. Syndrome. Especially when it's empty. Yeah, you walk out and you go, yeah, that's going to be filled with people. In yeah. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. So that was cool. Like mindset, we love tapping into. Into how, especially kids, like they really want other people's approvals. Um, we all do, but in that uh, formative years of high school, like yep. it's so, uh, you, where you know you're outside of the what you can control is like what other people think of you, and that, that's just a place where um can be really it's very impressionable too. Yeah, one oh, way or the other. Yeah, exactly, yep. exactly. Peer pressure and all that jazz, but so yeah, uh, mindset, um, working with like on field sort of stuff, club culture is really big. Um, Obviously, drugs and alcohol, mental health in, in general. I've worked a, a lot um, in the... Oh, 
also worked with outside the locker room, which is yes. a not for profit. Yep. Um, did a lot of travelling and. I don't know if you noticed, but Wace had some shorts on that had outside locker on them before. Oh no, yeah. I didn't, didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. It was just kind of little nice connection. That I thought oh, you might notice that. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was too busy looking at <laughs> Kringles at, on the TV. At the environment, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and bloody India um, touching us up, but um, yeah, so yeah, bit, bits and pieces, mate. Like it's, it's honestly. To, and that's where we need to get better as a as a business is probably just being a bit more focused on three or four things. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, probably offer fifteen things, yeah. and I like that, and the customer tends to like that. However, um, it's not it's not very streamlined yep. yet, yep. which Absolutely. is okay. Yeah, we we went through the same thing. So yeah, now we're the, coming out the other end of being streamlined. But Lucky is very similar as a business owner. You, I feel, is it's very creative and likes to do a thousand things at once and then struggles to focus in but wants to but does, yeah it's, it's kind of the same vibe so it's interesting to see the comparisons again kind of started the same years on the same path doing kind of the same thing in a different way I don't know it's really interesting yeah where did you where did your passion start where did it come from um passion for everything by the way not just business yeah yeah and, and it is bigger than, than business but I'm, we're lucky to work where we enjoy working and I suppose that's where it started it was the fact that I didn't want to what do we spend 40 to 60 hours a week working and I didn't want, you know, what's that, 168 hours in a week, say 40% of my life being in a place that that wasn't um, where I wanted to be. So I think it just probably started from watching other people in my life, whether it be my family, um, mainly family, um, seeing, and sporting clubs once again, you see what the, the fun mums and dads were doing with their life and you get to observe. As a, I was very observant as a kid yeah. um, and just understanding that there is more to life than, you know, go work somewhere and then have a couple of hours free time then go to sleep. It, it, yeah, it was just probably through learning from other people's like successes or failures, mm-hmm. yeah. um, essentially. Yeah. Did you transition out of something into this? Uh, yeah, it's probably... Probably yeah, the the outside the locker room piece. Yeah. Like I, I, I loved working in the mental health space with them, but at the end of the day, it, it was sort of wasn't wasn't my um my main passion. Yep. And what they're doing and Todd, the new CEO, have been doing is awesome. And I knew I always have to leave places that I feel is in a better spot than I left it. But um yeah, that was probably the transition. I was able to juggle my holiday clinics with working in the mental health club like yep. clubs around. Australia before we couldn't travel yeah. um, <laughs> and then and it was great just to see obviously like how the waffle clubs and the kneeful clubs were similar but different to the local clubs in country Victoria like yeah. I found that so intriguing that the blueprints the same the makeups the same there's still the the diversity of, of jobs and um, gender and that sort of stuff but it was yeah there's still some differences as well that, that make the club the club um so the suburban footballer, I don't know if you follow yeah, yeah. follow him, like he, he does his reviews on every club and it's just like you can feel, oh, that's at Bomb Beach or yeah. that, that's <laughs> at Frankston or wherever wherever we're from. So, um, But yeah, that was the transition, I suppose, mm. and lucky enough to work obviously full-time the last four or five years, whatever it's been. Yep. What did uh, What's athlete Brad look like? Oh, athlete, well, I'm playing footy again. Um, I saw actually. Yeah, playing at <laughs> a tie with... Um, yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Yavis and bloody pumped, bloody pumped. Um, we're we're going to have a good year and just a great bunch of boys that um, I've probably been down to six or seven sessions now and um, actually just got a 
a little bit, I shouldn't say this is the opposition, not not that they're looking for me anymore, but i <laughs> um, just got an injection in my knee because it's um, I'm 32. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I Age is just a contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's okay. Like I probably neglected my own, um, there's probably a good lesson throughout sort of my late t- 20s is like, I started coaching after straight after VFL, the under-19s at Bonnie, and just um, thought I could still do everything, like be on my feet from 8.30 yep. till 12 and then try and play later that day. And so, yeah, it sort of took a back seat so I could support others. But now, especially since Taylor's been um, really you know, motivated with her fitness um, post having Harper, um, it's sort of gone, no, well, you need to be the role model. You need to sort of do the things that, that you're asking of your clients and and people that, that trust in you and i coach 17 18 year old boys now as well so yeah so athlete brad is improving and i don't care if i get a kick it's more so how i the effort i put in yeah more so than the outcome yeah what made you want to go back um well i thought the commitment at peninsula the grammar the school was a bit bigger um it's only sort of an eight week season plus finals if we're good enough to make it so yeah. Really, I can still play footy. Um, so last year, I was a bit... I was just like, no, I'll focus on coaching. But And then about five of those games are on a Friday. So yeah. I can actually I'll probably only miss a couple, um, depending on travel. So, yeah, and just the, the mateship. And um, I suppose if I leave it two or three years, I'm probably never going to go back. Yep. Um, or not realistically and not at a senior level. So, um, yeah, and then my mates, um, so Sammy Fox, where we started a business together... Um, he's one of my best mates in my bridal party, and um, yeah, happy has come across from Mount Eliza, Jake Greeley, Dale Sutton, Corey Buckham was already there um, with his two brothers. So Talk with Corey's brother Nath. Yes, back yeah. in the day, way oh. back in there, fixed his knees up enough to get him back to yeah. play footy. <laughs> he's the him and Jared are better players than Corey, but Corey gets all the accolades. Um, nah. <laughs> I love that. that's an inside one. I like that. <laughs> um, but uh, they're just just a good and it's a really good vibe and yeah. I've never thought I'd leave Bomb Beach. Um, mm. Such a Is great that tough? club. It was. It yeah. really was. Like I, probably the last few years I hadn't been around the club as much anyway. But and, and it, like the the pain of I only played in one of the losing three grannies that we've had in the last ten years. But like we've been so close and it's <laughs> such a good good bunch of boys. Like um, we'll get a women's team this year too. I still say we, and I was said at Lang Lang. Yeah, on yeah. Sunday. Uh, I was. I just picked up on that actually. So <sighs> said at Lang Lang, and I was talking about Bomb Beach like for talking about club culture with the under-18s and 16s down there, and it was just like, we, our, and I'm just like, oh, like it. And it'll yeah. always be part of me, like jun- juniors yeah. since I was eight through to, you know, 31. So. Yeah, I don't think that's something you lose either. Yeah. And, it, like, for me, not necessarily knowing you all that well, like, I would call you a bomb beach man because that's what I see. Yeah. So I, I can imagine that would be super tough to transition out of that but still be in it. But it's, you know, you might be 65 and I guarantee you're still going to go some Bob Edge games. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be down there when we um when the fixture aligns, yeah. for sure. And, um yeah, I'm trying all the stuff that I learned from all the good leaders at Bomb Beach. And there's good leaders at Tyab too. But John, John, just bring, you know, the, Bomb Beach the second best team in the comp and Tyab the second worst in Div 2. Yeah. There's, there's got to be a reason why and, and how, you know, and even Franks and Bombers, a lot of the boys have come across. Like, if we can help a little bit, um, and then we might not see the the rewards, but how good would it be for the competition if Tyab and the Western Port area just get a, get a bit bit more? Yeah, it's uh, 
it's highly, highly uh, involved in that area of the world too. And I actually grew up playing my juniors at Pearsdale. So being involved in a little bit of that network, understanding kind of what those clubs are made up of, like I 100% get that because, you know, if Ty win a premiership one day, don't go to Ty, I'll tell you that much. There'll be riots <laughs> in the streets. <laughs> they don't have a pub though, I've noticed. I don't think that's going to matter. <laughs> <laughs> They'll find a paddock. <laughs> True. Good bar sales. Yeah. Was, no, what's La Lupa on the corner? Yes. They're just packing a lollipop, don't worry. <laughs> well, Troy Schwartz, um, he's now the director of coaching at, at um, Peninsula, mm-hmm. and um, he, he talked about like how good the pizza was at Tyve every time that <laughs> Serena used to play against them. So I've never had one um, yet, but after our first win, I'll be I'll be yeah. You are pepperoni. when you when you're involved in sport long enough, you get to know the area and kind of like what's good about playing in that area. And I got that from playing cricket. So I played cricket at Danong for nearly 10 years. And, you know, you go up to Melbourne, you get some nice little sandwiches and some scones, but you go down the road to Camberwell and it's feast. So, like, <laughs> you have your spots where you like going to. So yeah. I can relate to that as well. <laughs> what about uh, what about your youth and growing up? What's What did that look like for you? What's What would you what would you say you identified as? Um, Just as a person, as a young yeah. man, I guess. Great question. Um, I was a confident young man um or got, yeah grade six and then into year seven it was a really big turning point i had a really good teacher mrs gasson at chelsea heights primary school and i was um failing grade five um i was literally just so involved in sport that was under 11s like it's probably my, my highlight of my my sporting <laughs> career which is quite funny but like basketball football premiership cricket yep. it was just one of those years and i just neglected homework so I had a good teacher who just said, Brad, like, knuckle down. Like, you're going to repeat and then you're going to be an 11-year-old or 12-year-old in grade five and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I just had someone reach out and care for me and that changed my whole life around. And then I ended up doing year eight work in year seven at Morty, the SEAL program it's called. Yep. So um, it was just a real big transition of going, stop, stop just focusing on things that maybe aren't that important and, and really knuckle down and then become really confident Oldest of four kids, had some family sort of um, issues, I suppose, through the teenage years. Like, no family's perfect, I know that, but it was a relatively tough time. But I put my energy, I suppose, more into um, things I could control, yep. <laughs> talking about the, the what you can and can't. And then, um, yeah, really got involved in community. I was really passionate about that and, um, yeah, identified as a, a confident um, person who wanted to help others achieve and you know, well-being as a team sport, I really learnt early on. Um, if if we're together and we're working together, we get to actually achieve a lot more than, you know, going out on our own and, and failing and then having to pick yourself up. But if we, we sort of go on a mission together and I just see yeah, a really gravitated team sport and trying to be the best I could be, really was weird. I don't know how it happened or, you know, if I've got some good influences in my life, but it, it just, just sort of happened like I wasn't conscious of it yeah. I'm very lucky that I had some good support and yeah the community at Bomb Beach YCW or Chelsea YCW it was called back then and yeah. um and yeah school and you know mum dad um yeah I don't know it's a great question mate it's really it's interesting it's, I haven't you thought about that <laughs> <laughs> sorry I've thought about a lot a lot of things in my life I reflect a lot but that's a how did I identify as a kid and it's, it's probably the nice thing about having conversations with something you don't know either I don't know where necessarily where you come from, what you were like, what you are now, even to an extent. So I don't know. I've it's something that the more episodes I do with this, the more I find myself reflecting back on myself anyway. So like I think that's where that comes from as well. And you just mentioned having some influences and some people around you that kind of shaped the path. What did that kind of look like for you? Um, so 
Yeah, definitely. Um, my my dad, um, some of my best mates' families really sort of took me in and, and sort of felt really welcome, another place to belong and be myself, uh, my authentic self at the time. And, um, yeah, sport was just a real, yeah, and I suppose that's why I've just really made my life gravitate or just um, sort of be the epicentre of what, what I do because um, no matter what challenges you may be going through um, or other other team teammates or families are like it was just always a, a place where you could check in regularly whether it be Tuesday Thursday Saturday like a senior footy club or um, or just playing domestic basketball as an under eleven premiership winning team like <laughs> we were <laughs> I think uh, did I win one I think I won one in twelves not elevens but I think fourteens was my prime year it was interesting you talked about that I was like oh I'm just trying to reflect <laughs> on when mine pr- I think fourteen was mine as well yeah. so. <laughs> and it's downhill it's, from there <laughs> like it's so sad because I will see um. My mates at Franks and YC have won like a thousand and two premierships, and I, I still think Look, I wasn't going to bring up YC. <laughs> so I played YC for a few years too. So. Yeah. Oh, bloody! <laughs> they're um, yeah, they're the benchmark still. Um, but yeah, so I think I think that's why they were sort of my influences is um, just people, and not not so much like yeah LeBron James type people, like not the ones who are who are the best at what they do. Just just people being real, and then you sort of. You, you celebrate that. It's, it's weird. And as a kid, I don't know, like, how, how would I have known yeah. that? But I I, um, I fed off the energy of, of people who were just real and I still get triggered now by, by fakeness. Like, yeah. I, I can still like, feel myself boiling up or, or people who, who are just really negative and helpless and um, I need to get better at that because I, I like to support people who are in a bad way as well. So um, that's, yeah, that, that was sort of... People who are who are real with me, and we can just have that that authentic conversation like we are today. Like I really just sort of vibe off that. What was uh, you mentioned under 11s being the peak of your athletic career? <laughs> <laughs> what twenty years ago? <laughs> hey, no one needs to know that. <laughs> what uh, was was sport one of those things you like wanted to work in? I guess like not not as in like professionally working, but mm. was sport ever something you were like I could be an athlete? Or I could make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, um, I was good enough. I was, I was told I was good enough as a kid, um, to to make it. You know, AFL. Um, my my grandpa was quite good at tennis, Australian champion and stuff. So, um, I had the pedigree, I suppose. I was quite small and and slight as a as a kid growing up. But you know, like sort of in juniors, you win your best and fairest and yep. and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and then was able to play VFL when I was eighteen um, at Casey and sort of on the path of maybe getting looked at. But, yeah, so I, it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to be Gavin Wanganeen, um, and I wanted to to be a good role model effectively for, you know, my, my brothers and sisters. Um, and then also for, you know, the next, like without knowing the next generation and just, you know, if I was a, a leader at the school, I just wanted to be someone who, who people looked up to. And sport was the easiest, like at assemblies, like they, they were the people who were celebrated. Oh, you know, the yeah. district cross country or this or that. And, and I think that was like, yeah, that's 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 how I'm going to make a difference. And, um, you know, if, if other things were celebrated as a kid, if uh, she won or he won the poetry award, maybe I would have gone into poetry. But at school and in society, sport people are, are probably celebrated maybe too much. Um, <laughs> but they were celebrated and still are. And, and I was like, yeah, I'll... If I can make a positive difference, that's how I'm going to do it. And 
when I didn't make the elite level and I, I was still, you know, doing bits of uni here and there, doing some teaching, doing a teaching degree. I was working at Dan Murphy's, like I said, and nothing was quite uh, filled filled me up and that's when, um yeah, Sam and I both go, what are we doing with our lives? Let's do it. We're 23. Better do it now before it's too late sort of thing. Um, actually, Foxy was only 21. He's two years younger, but yeah. What was, what was the defining moment where you realised hmm, this is maybe not for me, or um, period of time? I guess it's hard to remember a moment twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> like, oh, as a as a as a young kid. Yeah, or? as a younger kid. Like, when did you realise? Hey, this is a chance. And then on the flip side of that, when did you maybe as uh, as an older eighteen, twenty year old, something like that. Did you go, maybe I need to find something else here? Like, do you remember anything specific around kind of like what that felt like? Because I guess like a lot of kids, especially when you talk about, you know, um, sporting stars being celebrated and things like that, when they are role models and put on pedestals and things like that. And we look at it as kids going, I want to be that. And it's hard for a kid to go, maybe that isn't for me. Mm. I don't know, was there anything for you in your kind of adulthood or childhood as well that, that looked like? Yeah, there was the, the belief system that like, to be a professional athlete, you need to be really selfish. Mm. And I think that's maybe why I self-sabotaged a little bit, not giving me a cop-out reason why I didn't make elite sport. But there is there is always reasons or excuses. And, like, I think, like, looking at the... And you do see it in basketball more so than AFL, like the, the me, me, me attitude. And um, and then there's, yeah, some some like the individual sports people, UFC, like it's just right, real ego stroking sort of. So when I saw that and then I'm probably the way my dad, my my mum and the people I cared about viewed that, their their view systems on, oh, you know, you, you won't be able to see your wife, you know, you, you're away 40 weeks of the year, blah, 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 all, all these sorts of words and conversations having in the household. I think that was almost something that turned me off from maybe actually fully giving it a go because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be the person that people go, he, he only cares about himself, he's not in it for anyone else. So that was a conflict that I went through in my teenage years and now with the work that we do, it's definitely that definitely shaped it because the holistic ex- experience for the kids, it's like, like for instance, um, one of the guys I'm, I'm working closely with now, Paddy Ryder, like... You can tell exceptional human, by the way. Someone you walk past in the obviously I work at Tequila, so yeah, he, you walk past him, he says hello every time. Yeah, and and that's that's exactly right, and it's probably the and now I sort of think oh, you know, misconceptions of what professional athletes are, and they're actually really good people, but um, not all of them are, of course. Like it, accountants aren't all good people, you know. Yeah. Like so, it's just not the profession; it's the the makeup of the person. But you know, I want every kid who has that dream to fulfil it. And I want them to understand that, um, no, those your parents' views on the world aren't, aren't factual. Like you've you've got to, um, but but let's work on your mindset. Let's work on um, how you treat people. Let's work on um, yeah, your nutrition and just just the the whole person because you know Paddy's a life AFL life member now, of course, yes. which is amazing. But and not everyone gets a fifteen year career. But now he's got he's thirty four. He's got, what, 40, 50, 60 years of life um, well after his AFL career. So um, that's just a small example of, um, of, of what, what's really important in life. It's to be a good person first and a good athlete second. Um, if you can do both simultaneously, bang, awesome. Yeah. What was the life playing VFL? Hard, yeah. hard. Um, I played only four VFL games and was on a list for six years. So 
got injured a lot, um, played probably 80-odd games in the twos. So if there wasn't a twos in the VFL, I reckon I was probably listed 40th to 50th each time. Um, so maybe one year I was probably in the top top sort of 30. But other than that, the other times I was sort of really on the cusp. So I'm now on the board at Frankston and there's only a list of 43, plus maybe three on top, and they're now Dolphins Academy. Yep. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have been, wouldn't have made my lifelong mates that I'm going on a golf trip next weekend with, like... Oh, well, I forget that a bit later. I love my, I love my <laughs> golf. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've seen you, not, not a bad hit at Mornington Golf Club. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... um that That's... It was tough because, and not just for me, for every VFL player, even currently at, at um, Franks, I'm so proud of what they go through and watching them get, apply their trade because as you work in a high-performance business but also at St Kilda, like you see the what what the girls and the boys get each week. Like you've got Shanna, who was our captain, and Boz, who was our captain when I was there 10 years ago, um, both both hard-working tradies yep. who don't get massaged four times a week <laughs> and don't, don't, you know, probably hydrate enough because they can't and um, all that sort of stuff. So, like, so proud of being a part of a list that works probably three times as hard to get 95 times less money. <laughs> and, and some. <laughs> and yeah, and so like you get more money at local than VFL, which maybe people not involved in footy don't understand. Like yeah, it's, it's crazy, a, hey? It's a real apprenticeship. Yep. Um, and then that's why it's always sort of an under-23 comp. Yeah, well my, uh, one of my housemates is actually playing in Frankston. Oh, nice. Came down from New South Wales and... Greg Fizz next door set it all up, so I've got Seb Quirk living with me here now. Quirky, yeah. nice <laughs> little seedy stash man. Fantastic. <laughs> no, uh, we're um yeah we're we're looking at some work for him, so um that's good. Yeah, it's good to we'll have to meet him. Yeah, sort of put a put a face to his like I'm so grapes. Yeah, he's GWS Academy. Yes, yep. yeah, GWS Academy. He moved down from Canberra. I think it actually might be the first time he's moved out of home. Haven't yeah, seen him cook much. Yeah, he? haven't seen him cook much. I'll tell you that much. Magic <laughs> <laughs> uh, noodles will do, mate. No, nah, not even a few uh, pre-cooked Woolies meals. Like he's pretty locked in with the nutrition, but <sighs> I'll teach him how to cook. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I oh, can't wait for that. And um, yeah, there's another boy, um, Riley Stone from the Gold Coast okay. Academy too. So once again, real young kids, but real talent. And um, they'll, yeah, they'll they'll love the VFL. Yeah. What do you uh? How do you reckon VFL improves? So that again, How sorry. do you think VFL improves? How does it improve? Yeah. Um, well, I think oh, it's hard. It's, a, it's a hard one because there's there's so much that goes into one of those programs, but also so little at the same time. Like trying to maximise the resources available, but also trying to maximise time. Yeah. Trying to still look after. For when we talk about Frank Steele, like the men, like that. As you said, someone on tools ten hours before I go to training. So yeah. How do you think that can change over time, and what? You know, I do well. Would you like it to look like from an improvement point of view? Yeah, it's, it's hard. I th- yeah, I think um, and it's been been tough. Like I've got to be really mindful of what I say. Um, of course, just yeah, <laughs> bigger than me. Um, yeah, yeah. like just just with the roles that we do at the club. But yeah, I think um, I think I'd really like to to see more investment into the VFL program just from a from an AFL point of view. Of course, um, just because the gap is getting bigger yeah. um no matter like and and just yeah essentially just need to have um even it out a little bit and will it ever it's never been even even you know 10 years ago yeah um like y- the standalone clubs um unless they have the resources and you know we've we don't have pokies we don't have sort of 
the income stream that, yes, we've got an awesome function centre, functions by the bay, get on yeah. board. Oh, great space. Um, I, I utilise it a lot and, you know, it's re- really affordable like compared to some other areas around Frankston. Greg's done some workshops in there. So yep. Been in there a fair bit. It's, it's good spot, isn't it? Yeah, exceptional. Good sunset. Yep. See the AFLW games this year, yes. Hawthorne's yep. home games. So it's it's a good spot to, to use. and But, like, yeah, we don't don't have the the, the um, income revenues that are probably... You know, that you use at other people's expenses, like um, gambling addicts and Absolutely. stuff like that. Yep. So, um, but yeah, there's there's you know a couple of things you can apply for as a standalone club. But at the end of the day, it's it's very tough when you're against. You know, and there's no cap really. You can have twenty St Kilda listed players in a, which I think we did last year when we were at Trevor Barker Oval against Sandringham. So yeah, um, I should remember that. Game. Other than Stacked. the first quarter, it wasn't too bad. I think it was maybe ten goals in the end. But so, and then we beat. Long by 100 points almost, yeah. and um, Carlton come back by nine goals at three quarter time. So and they, they still have 15 listed players. Mm. So it's not as if we're not good enough, it's just more so that it's like you're, you're playing chess and you don't get to, to see the board until yeah. they're halfway through 100%. the game. So yeah, it's interesting. And the, the reason that I asked that question is that I was having a question, I uh, have a question, having a conversation with one of my clients downstairs about a VFL, and he was he's been involved in a VFL club before and what it looked like. and we were talking about and asking the same question, like how, how does it get better or how does it even out? And, you know, you look at the AFL over the last few years, like to be fair, the comps probably evened out a fair bit. I mean, the top two and the bottom two are probably worlds apart, but from kind of three to 15, a lot of them are on a very similar level. You're not sure what you're going to get. And, you know, we were having just an interesting conversation around kind of how did that happen? What's it look like now? You know, what are we looking towards? You can see Melbourne go from tragically bad to, you know, best in the comp. So, yeah. And a lot of that comes down to time in effort and evaluation of, you know, how do we get better? But also, let's tap into what we're really good at. Yeah. And on the back of that, what, what are Frankston really good at? So I I haven't ever really directly been involved in Frankston. We had a few clients and athletes go through there. But yeah. from the outside looking in, the change that you guys have been over <laughs> and the things you've been through for the last kind of mm. five to ten years is huge. Yeah. How is it improved from where it was and what are the, some of the things you'd love to involve yourself in or you are involving yourself in that you're really proud of? Yeah, um, another good question, mate. Like I think, so I started on the board November 2019. Um, Peter Geddes is president, ex-Liston medal winner and a great leader. He does leadership. And like I think that, and it, it's the same with, um, what I think North Melbourne are, are a good example of a team that's going to improve in the AFL sphere because it sort of looks like they've got their back end starting to, to chime. And um, unfortunately and unfortunately, um, VFL, every, everything's a business. Even local footy, that's a business. Yes. Like you can see the well-run clubs at the back end and then you get the results on field. Um, so I, I, I sort of I – still, I still think we've got a way to go in terms of how, how we, we sort of um, get enough support. You know, we've sort of only got a couple of staff members really and then you've got the <laughs> clubs that, that have – you know, five five people doing um, one person's role. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that yeah. So like we're up against it in that sense. But uh, proud from an on field perspective and getting our women's um, we're going into our th- um, third season. Yes. Um, sort of obviously off the back of COVID and um that with with the aim of obviously playing VFLW in within the next twenty four months and um that that's been a real real big plus because we made a real concerted effort not to not to sort of um, go after clubs that had already been established. Yep. So it's hard to hard to get sort of talent, I suppose, when you're not going after the best three or four players. Because um, at the end of the day, they're just playing against each other. But with with the mindset that we want to play against the 
the Darab- Darabins and the um, the other AFL aligned clubs really. Yep. Um, so proud of that. The way that the boys and the VFL program has just gone up in professionalism, like um, what Steve Roberts um, brought to the club the last couple of years, um, what Danny Ryan, what Ricky Johnston um, has has brought from a from motivational and just just good experience and knowledge um, and good people, people, um, good people, mate, good. Good yep, absolutely. Humans. Or good people make, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, good, good people make good dolphins. Um, and Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, sell it. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Do a bit of drive. I didn't come up with that. It's, that's um, DR, Danny Ryan. Um, yes. But, like, that, it's probably the, the people and then just the ability just to, to work hard and then sort of be the, the blue collar sort of, and just um, owning your identity and, and just fulfilling it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm massively proud of of just being a you know, half a percent of not even like just just a part of it and you know it, whether you're a member or someone who, who does have um, a little bit of influence within the club like it it's just a, a great club to be and you see the lights from the moon I was in Mordialic the other day I could see the lights across the bay like yeah. it, it's just a it's, it should be the epicenter of, of um, what is the MCG of the peninsula Absolutely. and we need to start treating it like that and as local clubs we need to get around it and new sponsor now I believe What's that? New sponsor now for the Oval, right? New sponsor, yeah, yeah. Kinetic. Yep. So still um, related to Skybus. So Kinetic, um, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're the byproduct of the same sure. business. Cool. So yeah, they see them on the back of the buses, and yep. they're um, moving people. Very good, exciting. Uh, what's what about the women's program excites you? You say getting a VFL license. What kind of what what does that look like? What's the process of trying to buy for not buy? <laughs> it's not what I meant. Yeah. To buy for a VFW license. Yeah, lots of money. Mm. Yeah, it is a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it is. It, it's a big, big process, and it's um, yeah. I suppose results have to go our way as well. So we need to be. You know, we don't want to go into a comp that one for for our girls' sake, losing by hundred points, but also just for the competition's um, legitimacy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and a lot of fundraising, a lot of um, yeah, a lot of effort from the back end, grants, that sort of stuff. Um, but it's definitely possible, and the girls have really bought in, and um, we've. Definitely had, had a lot of good people um, help out at the club. Um, you know, Jess Jess Jones has been um, she was just just on the board for the last couple of years. She's she's done a great job of of um, just really making sure that that we've got the focus on on the long term. Um, some, sometimes we get caught up in in sort of the short term wins, um, but you know we we want to make sure that that happens for for just girls on the peninsula too. Like why why do they have to travel all the way? You know, um, if they're not up to AFLW standard yet, let, let's help. Same as the Stingrays and yep. coming to the Dolphins, we want to we want to see Brody McLaughlin's and um, and also Liam Reedy get drafted. You know, we want to see that for the girls too in our area. How many did you get drafted last year? It was a few. Two. two. Yeah, yep. two. And uh, yeah, it's um, I think I don't know if there's any other local clubs that any other VFL clubs who got two. I don't know the stats. Um, I am a footy head, but I, I don't know. But yeah, Fremantle and Gold Coast and yep. two big boys and. They'll do really well. They're really good people who bought into the club, and um, I just yeah, I hope whatever happens, they'll um, they'll be better for the experience at AFL level, and um, I'm excited for them. Very good, very good. Let's uh, let's talk less. Give your brain a bit of a break. What's a hobby look like? What do you like to do away from life and sport? <sighs> I'm gonna fix this cord up for you too. Oh, so you just have to stop fiddling with it. Oh, cheers, <laughs> mate. So you just have to stop ducking yourself in and out. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> hobby. What do you like to do after dinner? So hobby is a very, very broad term. And, mm. you know, for me, hobby is golf, but I don't always get four hours of my day to go play golf. 
and, and it's a question I like to actually ask is what do you do after dinner? Because that's for a lot of people that's downtown, downtown, downtown. Downtown. <laughs> Don't start. I need a button for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's yeah. after dinner look like? Uh, with the work that we do, like it's I haven't even had dinner yet. What is it? Me either. So eight, I feel you. Eight thirty. Um. So I think. Oh, after dinner, it's really just family time. It's getting yeah. getting harder to sleep. I've got a two and a half year old, and um, yes, yeah, it's just amazing. Like I honestly, like this morning, I know I said I had a off air. I'm um, a busy sort of day, but yes. the first two hours of my day was awesome because I was just spent it with Harper. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's literally you see the world through a child's eyes when you've when you've got one who just you just want to be like, oh, what's she thinking? What, what you know? And it's just. It's almost mindfulness in itself, just understanding sort of what other people might be might, might be seeing, and um, just time to sort of sit back, relax, and just understand that uh, whatever might be going on in here isn't that important to to her. Um, so therefore, be present. Don't be on my phone. You know that's a real big big thing, like addictions and stuff. Like, I, like if I, I'm sort of all or nothing. So I'm really big on you know trying to be as present as possible because I just don't think that's fair on the other people that you're yep. around. Um, but, yeah, hobbies, yeah, love love my golf. But after dinner, like, Taylor, um, we were at a sporting club on a Thursday night last week um, and got home at 9.30. So it's sort of like work can kind of merge into after dinner, but any sort of time I get to myself, um, I just sort of, <laughs> as boring as it is, I just like to reset um, and spend it with with Harper. If I can't, I'm just um, yeah, just listening to a to a good potty. Um, so yeah, life. David Goggins last week that was fun. Um, Excellent. So but yeah, just like just like I'm always person trying to personally develop because then if I can impart that to someone else, then that's that's a real win. And then now I get my smiles. So yeah, you struggle to switch boring. off. Yeah, it sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Not in a bad way, because, I mean, I'm very similar, and obviously working in a similar field of people, a lot of the time, especially when I finish and leave here at 8.30, like, I go home and <laughs> touch up five programs and reply to 15 emails and get back 20 messages. So, like, I, I kind of relate to that in the way that mm. sometimes my hobby is actually really what I do, and I think that's, you know, what obviously keeps me coming back, and it's because I'm doing something that I love that a hobby for me doesn't necessarily have to be an exit. Mm. Like me writing programs is actually quite therapeutic for me and it's part of my job that I have to do and touching up, making things more specific because I know the outcome that I can make in the person. To me, I think that's also a hobby to do and I always get told to stop working and put the laptop off and why you're replying to messages at 2am and mm. why you're sending my program at 3.30 in the morning. Well, sometimes that's just kind of what you do and I wouldn't do it if I didn't like to do it. Yeah. yeah. How has... Such a good point. Yeah. How has dad life changed you? Um, it has, yeah, like allowed me to switch off, like, because, um, like I was saying with the phone, like, and obviously emails and texts and, you know, contacts and stuff are always there and you, you want to get back to people and show respect and get back to people straight away. But, um, it has just sort of realigned my values of, yeah, being present, um, being someone who, who is, um, yeah, is, is there and, and not just, there for the sake of it but actually really there um because you know in the field that that i have worked in and still continue to work in with mental health like you just never never know how important that conversation could be as well like from a really um sort of dark place um but it's also just about being a genuine person and you want people to feel like yep when i'm with brad or mitch like i'm i'm someone who like 
actually cares because I think a lot of I think naturally people care, but mm. we just don't show it sometimes. Like I had to pull up one of my good mates um, last year while we were walking around with, through the COVID um, sort of thing around Paddo River. Yep. Just had to say, oh, what, why why you ask me a question? Then you're on your phone texting yeah. while you listen to me, like like that. And that's not because he doesn't care about me. It's just more the fact that he that he's just a habit. Yeah. You know, and like and to, to me, it's like, oh no, that you that's more important. Like. A lot of time it's subconscious, but it's the effect that it has on people that don't really realise until someone calls us out on it. Yeah, and I know what it feels like, as I'm sure we all do, like what our parents, um, how, how they um, react or don't react to certain things. And if I'm not, if I'm on my phone and then Harper sees that and she's like, Dad, 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 and I'm not responding, it's like that can be really ca- catastrophic for her. Not to like make everyone second guess every action we do. No, no. I'm not going to be perfect, but... It's like, no, you are more important to me than this thing. And we wonder why kids are addicted to devices because they probably also see uh, their Have parents influence do it. we were talking about before, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's uh, what's thing you'd love Harper to do when she grows up? Oh, just be happy. Yeah. What's the old John Lennon thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it. What do you want to do when you grow up? Um, yeah, and she's totally different to Taylor and I. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Like, I'm happy to go to musicals and do things out of my comfort zone yeah. as long as she's happy. Like, she doesn't have to play sport, of course. Like, she finds that belonging and um, connection with people who she likes to be around and it makes her a better person. Then, yeah, I just, yeah, honestly, would not care. Um, just if she's a good contributing member of society, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and help other people become their best selves too. It's a lot of pressure to put on someone, but good luck. She's You'll be right, this. You'll be right. It'll still be on YouTube in which two and a half, maybe ten yeah. years when she you'll allow her on YouTube. Yeah, she'll be able to just like <laughs> tap her brain three times and it'll, <laughs> this will come yeah, up. Yeah, wrist or something. Yeah, okay. that's right. There's dad when he was, you know, hopefully big, and then when she sees me, it'll be like a r- ripped like Tay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Taylor. How'd you guys meet? Uh sporting club, of course. Sport. Seeing a theme. It's the connector. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, if you spend 160 of your 168 hours there, you're going to... Absolutely. Bomb Beach. um, So she wasn't a netballer at all, but she wanted to play sport. So, yeah, 2017, um, March 24th, I think was our season launch. Yep. So, yeah, I remember the night and, yeah, it was like, (laughs) it's really cool just to to sort of um, of see someone and be like, she's she's cool. Like, she just had a different aura. Yeah. and then, yeah, got to, got to properly meet her two weeks later, round one. Yep. What kind of moves were you spinning? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> Didn't think you were going to talk about this, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's going to hate this. That's okay. Um, I <laughs> just, I was actually really nervous. Um, but, yeah, just sort of talked to her. We were actually the, after the round one, so, I don't know, where's my memory, six years ago. Um, she, yeah, we're up at the deck. Um, on the before it had the, the before it had the roof. nice roof, yeah, 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 <laughs> and it was it was a nice night though actually. But yeah, we sort of just had a chat, and her friend sort of left to go to the toilet or something. So we actually chatted, and it was really awkward. Um, but like she smiled and made me feel good, and yeah. So I wasn't doing anything. I was just like, and I I could understand because I was quite a confident person. But at this time, I was just like, like blubbering. So yep. um, I think she picked up on that, and then we yeah, had our first official date. April 25th. Nice movies, dinner. What are we talking here? I uh, went to Morty Pier, 
could have got some fish and chips, I think, because we both sort of pescatarian at the time. Mm. Um, so it was scenic. <laughs> Morty, I was just saying, I was school captain yeah. at Morty in 2008. <laughs> goes, I don't care, Brad. Glory spots. Stumping <laughs> yeah. grounds. Yeah. That's right. Like, oh, I used to own this strip. <laughs> nah. Um, so that and then, yeah, Southland Village Cinemas. There you go. See, yep. It's always movies. Yep, it's always movies. I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be less common, but I feel like it's a great place. You don't have to talk for two hours. It's great. True, and you can think about the, maybe the first couple of convos you might have <laughs> afterwards. Instead of dinner, you're just like, don't eat. Yeah, don't yeah. talk when I'm Don't want to look like, you know, I've got food on my face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially the beard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I feel you. Um, what are some uh, values or things you, like, I mean, you love about Taylor? Um, authentic, like, just so... Matter of fact, a lot of the time, but she's also very empathetic. So, um, I love the way that she just she she wants what's best for you, but she doesn't dance around it. Um, so it's something I lack. I'm, I'm probably more of a people pleaser, and she's to some degree too. Like she's quite good, but um, and yeah, how she, obviously how she makes me feel about myself. Like, sure. um, but yeah, and everybody loves her. Like she's in, infectious with her, her smile and. Um, yeah, genuine heart wants people to be better too, and that's why she's a counsellor and mindset coach. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What does what does her role look at? You uh, in our yeah. relationship oh, or in maybe our business? Both. Yeah, maybe both. And uh, kind of what's that dynamic look like? Who's who's boss? <laughs> <laughs> Careful. <laughs> she's um, if you didn't know, she's an ex elite karate athlete, so she's definitely the boss. Um, <laughs> I've got a little karate athlete who I work with. And I say little, she's like 16. And yeah. I'm definitely scared of her, but she's yeah. so gentle and calm. And I'm like, how do you do this for a living? It's even scarier. I can imagine, right? And, and she has an infectious smile too, so it must be a defining characteristic of a karate athlete. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Silent assassins. The, the confidence of like, I'm kicking in the temple oh, 100%. in half a second. Yep. Yeah. And I won't, but yeah, I could. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like the horror movies where you see the four-year-old like kid and just like scared of like the innocence of that and like what could you do? Yeah, there's the 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 potential. That's all I need. (laughs) That's right. It's all fear is in the mind. Yeah, Um, but yeah, she's definitely capable. But nah, she she's definitely the boss. She's the glue. Um, what she what all mothers go through with childbirth. Um, and then the ability to to be so strong. Um, in tough situations. Um, like I said, we're going through a bit of change at the moment with things, and she's just amazing. Yep. So I'm, um, yeah, very, very admirable. And then in the business, yeah, she's the, um, yeah, sh- she strategizes. She like you were saying earlier about Lockie and myself are similar. Like we like to do a thousand things. She's a little bit more like measured and go, oh, why don't we just focus on this and do it well? And um, so she is a, a bit more um, realistic potentially, more than opportunistic. Or, yep. um, yeah, so. And then yeah, her experience, like she's she's got the degree. She's someone who who's really good to to talk to people in really tough situations, which she's had to obviously in the job that she Gosh, does, yeah. and she she works at a high school too, which is really challenging. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's just just a bit of everything. Like we, I suppose with the business that we've got, like we probably juggle eight different roles. Um, yep. but yeah, she's definitely the the uh, the PR and the the IHS and yeah. <laughs> she's yeah she's grouse. Awesome. What's uh looking forward what are you excited about from both personal and professional wise for you or for both you even yeah just just uh the future like um it's it's unknown and it's yeah i'm just honestly like i've never been sort of that what are you going to be in five years person because i wouldn't have thought that what we're doing now is is possible like me too probably yeah yeah i feel i I struggled to think past a year to be honest like yeah 
and I don't know if that's just a block of me not wanting to know, but also I just don't think I want to. Like I, I love just, I love sporadicness, but I'm also like a heavily planned person. So I don't know. I kind of bounce between a few of them, but I, I really, really struggle to look past. Like for reference, I'm going to the States at the end of the year on a bit of a like solo trip with some mates and potentially they'll join me over there. But I haven't really thought past that. It yeah. was like, oh, what do you do coaching? You're still going to stay at Saints. What's the Virtus look like? I don't know. Tell me in um, 12 months time, I'll work it out then. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you someone who bounces between that or are you pretty just like take it as it comes? Yeah, I, yeah, honestly take it as it comes. Like, And I think, not that it's wasted energy because I think it's great and we talk about goal setting with you know most of the sessions we do. So I think it's important to have broad sort of goals. Um, if we get a little bit bogged down with the specifics, I know smart goals are very important like for mainly short-term stuff, but yeah. like then you kind of... For me, I feel like you sort of miss potential other things that put you in a direction that may be better suited. Um, however, everyone's different. So for athletes, you might really need to be really focused on something to get the best out of yourself. But if we're not open to new things or new opportunities, then we can really get stuck in an area that we don't want to be. Like you know, I'm sure a lot of our parents in that era probably didn't want to work in the same job for 40 years, but they did. Um yeah because that's what was done. So I, I like the idea of, who knows, and, and just sort of adapt, adapt or die, Goggins. Amen. <laughs> What's uh shoot for the moon goal for consulting for business? What do you want it to, uh, if, if time, money and anything wasn't a barrier, what would you love to do that you're not currently doing or where would you like to end up, I guess? I'd love, I'd love to do what we do in, in different states. Yeah. Um, I think think what we can do can easily happen all over Australia and then probably international. I'd love to travel a bit. Um, Have you done much travel? No, not really. Yeah. Just footy trips. <laughs> Let's not get into that, shall we? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, we can, but... <laughs> my only really tri- trips have been international were footy trips, so um haven't really seen many of the sights of what the great world's got to offer, so yeah. um, that'd be great. Bucket list, where are you going? Uh, Europe, um, yeah, sort of the the France, not, not the party scene obviously anymore, but yeah. more so just the the nice spots for you know, especially if we can do it before Harper sort of settles into school, it'd be really cool to yeah. to learn that that language probably yeah France, Spain, Italy, um, and yeah even even England like you know just sort of an opportunity to to grow and develop in a foreign area without you know the yeah you've got to sort of make it on your own a little bit which. Mm. I love the support of people around us and I love giving that support. But if you're there, then it's just like sink or swim. Just yeah. do it. Yep. Hope you swim. <laughs> yep. What about shoot for the moon business? We kind of got sidetracked. Yeah, that rabbit did. hole we were talking about. Yeah, it did. I was just <laughs> like, oh, let's do it here, do it there. Um, I'm excited because from the outside looking in, like I, I love what you're doing. So like I want, selfishly, I want to know kind of like what you're looking towards. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's just, just about um, sort of taking each day as it comes. How, yeah. how many more cliches can I... As in. many as you like. It's a football thing. <laughs> it is a football <laughs> yeah. thing. I watch too much of the media. Yeah. I was never media trained, which I regret. I wish, <laughs> wish I had it been. Um, oh, I, actually, my, my sister said something really, really good the other day. Um, and she doesn't really like sport or anything. She's just like, oh, because with the work that I'm sort of do, doing with um, athletes coming out of the game, it's just sort of and VFL players and ex-AFL and AFLW players giving back to the kids. It's, like, it's almost like you're... A manager for the players after their career and, and yeah. help them find out what they want to do. And I was like, yeah, a little bit, because 
and I've had that chat with Trent a few times. TDL, like he's he's you know one of the most amazing humans I've ever met, and he's now full time in footy at the Western Jets as a coach. And he got nabbed. He did. He did get <laughs> nabbed. Um, and yeah, he's great at St Kilda um, too. And um, yeah, just like I just love com- having conversations with people who have been elite at what they do. Um, it's been taken away from them, and then like, well, how do we bounce back? What do we do? What, what what does life look like? So actually, from a shoot from the moon point of view, it's it's pretty small, I suppose. But I I love helping others bounce back from from setbacks. So um, if I could do that on a bigger scale with 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 people who who really need it, um, so whether they're unknown from a person or you know whatever, yep. but yeah, well, let's go global. Why not? Let's go to space this year. Go on then. Ship to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Um, Literally. Oh, yeah, that's cool. What about you? Uh, I don't know. I mean... You're I, going to the States already? Yeah. I, for work or pleasure? Uh, it depends. Are you my tax agent or... <laughs> 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 no, so I, I've been over to the States. This will be my fourth time going over. And I, I really enjoy traveling. I love traveling. But for me, I like... As much as I like the leisure of travel, I really like meeting new people, having very similar conversations to this and how I kind of got myself around last time is I went in 2018. It's actually just before I got the Saints job. It was how I got the Saints job, to be fair, actually. Um, I went in 2018. I gathered up a bunch of connections from going to seminars, listening to presentations, Instagram was going on a smaller scale than what it is now. But I would always, whoever I wanted to connect with, I would say, hey, love your presentation. Hey, really enjoyed it. I was in the crowd. Um, and then I'd ask the, a token question or two of, you know, what are you currently looking at or what's some room for improvement? Just something around those lines. And then before I went over to the States, I would reply back to the same thread, whether that was Instagram or an email and say, hey, I'm coming over. Can I buy you lunch or can we grab a coffee or depending on who it was, can we grab a beer? Yeah. And like I would just go down and have similar connections, very similar to this. It's just, hey, I want to have a chat just want to kind of meet kind of vibe so i did that last time I, I, I definitely want to do more of that next time i go over and lots of people think i'm going to stay there but that's undecided yet uh, <laughs> so for me i don't I, again i don't necessarily have a shoot from the moon like i mean i'd love to see this place go eight times the size of what it currently is because i think the things that we do here and the systems and the processes we use are very very scalable it's just getting out of Mornington. Like, in, you know, you saw at the back, it's such a nice space. It's a nice spot for us to have our home base and mm. whether that looks like a bigger boat or a different boat or, yeah. So I think the same stuff as what I'm currently doing, just on a greater scale because bigger is always better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like we have 150 members here. Yeah. So like it's a, it's a pretty successful business, I would say. And obviously I don't have shares or anything in Virtus. And to me, the business is something I really, really care about, but the growth of it is something I also really care about. And as I said before, I love what I do. The more athletes I get exposed to, the the more people I meet, and I'm a real like connections based kind of guy. So for me, yeah, it's just again expanding my network. It's kind of all I all I really like. A pretty simple guy. Yeah. Shipping two Bernese Mountain Dogs to America though might be a bit bit of a challenge. <laughs> yeah, and you how old are they? Uh, one is three and a half, yeah. and one is eighteen months. But yeah. the eighteen month old is the bigger one. He's nearly 70 kilos so he's he's a hefty boy wow <laughs> but yeah good, for good me wrestle. yeah for me i mean shoot for the moon i just love to do what i do on a bigger scale yeah um but also i really enjoy leading uh people and managing people and helping them grow very similar to you as a lot of the stuff i do here is pd for interns and i run our internship program even for our coaches and staff with tyler and jazz 
it's just kind of upskilling them on what they want to get better at. And I think for me, having more connections and conversations with people helps me get a bit of a more of an understanding of all of that kind of stuff mm. and just taking little things from different areas and trying to cultivate, which is a nice little segue into what we're about to, into cultivate development of just people. And, you know, I definitely haven't done everything in life and I definitely don't do everything perfectly, but bringing some of the stuff that I learn from people into their development, that's that's kind of what I love to do. So, And I get a great experience of that running our internship program. is you know, We said our kids are pretty impressionable and even uni students are the same. So I teach at Deakin. We have five, six, we're four at the moment. We have up to kind of eight interns come through here and curate their development, which is kind of what I love to do, so... Absolutely, mate. That's that's so cool. And, and yeah, I, it's okay not to I suppose have the shoot for the moon. Like I think at the end of the day, if you can communicate and can be someone who adds value to other people's lives, it, it comes back tenfold. So um, yeah, I'm sure whatever you'll know when you know over there or here when you just go, yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm going to do. I think a lot of us who work in our health and fitness sport industry, we're there because. We either didn't reach the heights that we wanted to, so we're trying to help others do the same thing, but also we care about development and sport is a great modality for us that really, really love sport to be able to curate that in other people as well. So I think for the most part, people that work in health and fitness and sport development, even like tactical skill development as well, like we're there because we want to help people. And I think, I mean, this place is a great example of that. Of A lot of people don't come to Virtus for the gym. They come because of the people in the community and it's the other things that are on top of that. And I think even for like sporting clubs and stuff like that, and I'm sure you're highly, highly experienced as that is, a lot of people don't go to the sporting club for the sporting club. But it's not for the sport. It's for the things that come with the sport. So for me, it's something in that environment. It's something like that. Who knows? Nah. As you said, you'll know when you know. <laughs> exactly. And even then, you're probably not going to know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll learn and then you'll grow and then you'll, you'll change and adapt and yep. have another illustrious thing you want to chase. Exactly. That's the growth is a human need. Excellent. Shall we divert? Let's do it. Curate youth development. So I really, really love working with kids uh, older than 12. Can't do the younger. Not ankle primary. biters. No, nah, I can't do primary school. <laughs> can't do ankle biters. My mum works in primary school, so some of the stuff like she comes home with is not for me. Fair enough. Youth, youth development. Eating glue sticks. Oh, yeah, all sorts of things. Oh, I'm not even going to go down that path. <laughs> youth development. So not just from a skill point of view, and talking about sport a bit here, but from mindset, what is the most exciting part for curating youth development, I guess? Mm. Um, well, yeah, the, the sp- sponges. Then I, I do work probably oh, half and half between primary and secondary age. So um, let's let's focus on the, the primary. I think the most, most important, like what I really like about it is we've sort of got a duty of care. We definitely, as adults... Doesn't you don't have to be a teacher, or you just need to be just a human being who's hopefully aware of your your influence. We we know if we have the self reflection to actually go back to when we were kids. Like, like remember when you're in prep and then you saw the grade sixes and they were your buddies. Maybe at some schools do the yep. buddy system. It's like oh my god, they're huge. Like, <laughs> like they'll never be that big. Then you think an adult and you're just like whoa, the power dynamic and the the um you know the respect that automatically goes with having a beard or, or you know <laughs> like just being a, a a woman you know it's just totally different so mm-hmm. the kids are always looking and seeking approval of what they're doing what they're thinking and is it okay yep. and so what I like I suppose to work with the kids is that like they 
you've got to be their biggest fan and you need to to be the role like be the person that is is an acceptable member of society so um i think from a mindset point of view um just i think there's a, there's enough people in the world and enough distractions in the world with social media and and um you know people who haven't worked out their own shit like to have, there's enough negativity out there so it's just for me i just love creating similar to Virtus and and what i see from a from a vibrancy point of view is just just being some someone who wants to to support what they're doing and celebrating the wins Mm. um and then hopefully that can help their mindset have their own self-talk going i am good enough yes let's do it talking about that thing at the start with frankston high school yesterday 350 kids it's a lot a lot of people and then you're your inner inner voice goes, I'm not good enough, I'm an imposter, you know, what happens if this person says that or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But And kids do that. We, we, that's like that little little monkey voice. Um, so it's just about going, no, no, like it's okay. Like that's normal. And, and yeah, so I think for their development, they just need more people in their corner. Yeah. We all do, like adults as well. But I think you have more influence with kids because that's the stuff that will stay with them through yep. their challenges later in life. Yep. Where do, where do you start? Like when you when you first work with a group, a club, an individual kid, a group of kids, like what's the thing you look at? This is my starting point and we'll adapt from there. Like do you have one or is it change on the pest on the environment or are some of your pillars and concepts like similar across the board? Yeah. Good question. Like I should preface this. Like I'm not a counsellor or a mindset coach or anything. I'm just a person. Um, Everyone's a counsellor in it, a way. Yeah, <laughs> we are, but just don't have the degree or, or, or quals. So just want to say that because if there's someone listening going, oh, what the hell? Like that doesn't make any sense from a professional point of view, but maybe it will one day. But um, yeah, can you ask the question again? Sorry, Mitchie. Yeah, like, no, just, not at all. Just regards to where do I start, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so like kind of when you approach, let's just say a project, whether that's an individual, a group, a community, a club, is there a point where you go, let's start from here and then we'll divulge and divert based on what some feedback we get back or the input we get back from the crowd, For shall we say? Is there yeah. something that's your starting point when you talk about development or mindset as well? Yeah, um, I think starting point, I'll just I'll go back to the most re- well, the second most recent one because the, the Frankson one wasn't so much, we can't engage, we can't have conversations yeah, with 50 kids, more of a lecture, unfortunately. There's a few things, but... Lang Lang, there was only 30 kids, so that was a bit more intimate. Yep. Um, so kids under 18s and 16s. And you start with being vulnerable, I think, and, and being honest about who you are. Like, you don't want to go up there and say about, you don't want to go, oh, I did this and this is really bad about me and all that sort of stuff. It's more about feeling the room for sure and yep. understanding and getting and doing a bit of your, your own um, homework in terms of, like, who the people are at the club um, if we're talking from a club culture point of view, and then, yeah, just being honest, and the the more we sort of put ourselves out there and say, oh, you know, like I I wet the bed till I was twelve or whatever whatever it might be. Um, not that you wouldn't do that in every setting, but like Gosh. you you sort of you allow people to go, oh, wow, like that's oh, my my he's got issues, I've got issues. That's okay. Yeah. Like, um, there's there's that sort of offering, and that's where I always start. Is just like if I'm if I'm real and people can tell I care, coming from a place of care, then I know from a from a mindset point of view, from the from the crowd or the audience or the um, or what 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 are we there for? We're there to create positive club culture. If yeah. you give permission to be themselves, 
then they're not going to feel like their their mates aren't their mates because they're only fifty percent of themselves and they've got this bravado perhaps. So it, that's where you always start. You start with yourself. Yep. You make sure that you're in the right frame of mind, and to for them to model behavior and then you celebrate it you're like oh that's so so good mate like well done Blake like there's this kid kid out there and um he was just so you could tell he was the, the coolest guy in the club but he was just like he was just talking real and it was like yeah that's awesome I don't know if people celebrate that enough that's cool and then that gives permission to the guy who's sure. the bad back pocket player who you know doesn't feel like he belongs because he doesn't get a kick in the game but and yeah so that that's sort of where I start I suppose yeah. Without consciously thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> until I get asked a question from me. <laughs> this is good for my development. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Performance coach. <laughs> What's, um? I mean, do you want to share your vulnerability? Like, where do you where do you start specifically? Because everyone's different. Yeah, well, it depends on the setting. So mm. mental health-wise, I talk a fair bit about, like, my, and you know, there's a lot of clubs in the peninsula that, that have um, had, had us come out. So um, sort of talk a little bit about um, my experiences with, my family with uh, mental health and and addiction and then um, how that's impacted me and, you know, the, the signs of me starting to go down that path and yep. understanding the genetics behind it but also just the learnt behaviour um, and then putting my hand up going, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I, yep. I lost X amount of money and I did this, I did that. And, and just sort of, because it's true and there's people who have maybe a perception on everyone. We've got this fake bravado um, and, you know, social media is a great example of our highlights in our life. So, like, unless you actually – there's so much power in being authentic because then other people don't compare themselves to, to something else and something fake. And then we can be like, oh, shit, wow, like, that, that's that, – I feel better about myself and you're not sort of going to bed thinking you're, you're less worthy of the air that we breathe. Um so, yeah, it depends on the situation. Then, obviously, if I'm with a five-year-old kid with autism, um, that, that's not relevant or, or important. Um, yeah. So it's it's always dependent on um, their You're situation. trying to shape the path for what they need to. Yeah, and yeah. you just want to give give them what, yeah, what they need, challenge in certain ways, but also just, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just you're doing awesome. Yeah, and like it's really simple. To, <laughs> you're nearly trying to give them a place to be a part of something that, again, they feel welcome in to an extent. Absolutely. Um, do you do you see a common theme with kids, especially nowadays, on things that they sh- like really struggle with, and like some common themes you might find in some of your work? Uh, common themes probably probably lack of social skills. Yep. Um, in terms of, or that can be like anyone when things are going well, and you know we're both playing video games, or we're both kicking the footy, or playing dodgeball. Like great. But when you get challenged, it's like the, what I find is the struggle. The struggle is that they don't know. I don't know if it's the word no, but they don't know how to compromise potentially. Sure. Yep. Like I find that, and maybe it's kids being kids. But I found it, and you know, like everyone's using pre-COVID, post-COVID is like before Christ yeah. up. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and to some degree, there's some merit in it. But um, I think the the learnt behaviours of of not of sort of looking out for yourself and it doesn't matter about anyone else. Like we sort of turned a bit you know, the toilet paper thing when when people sort of um you know all bought the toilet paper and didn't yeah. care about the next person who had to wipe their bum. Like it's almost like 
kids saw that and go, yeah, all that matters is me and I'm I'm all right, Jack, sort of thing. So um, I definitely think that when there's conflict, there's less res- – and resiliency, like, um, unfortunately, like, like mental health um, has really taken a, a deep dive and I, more people – I suppose we probably attract people who, who want to reach out and stuff, which is comes with, I suppose, being a good listener or feeling like you're, you're there and, and I, I wouldn't change that for the world, but – I just feel like there's a lot of teenagers and stuff that are just like, life's too hard, and it, yep. they put up the the barriers a bit a bit earlier than maybe what what we did when we were sort of you yeah. know, teenagers. How, how do you break down those barriers? Because I, and again, I, I'm presuming this. I'm presuming a lot of people that come to you are ready to break down the barrier, but do you get exposed to people that aren't? Especially, I mm. probably take this from more of a sporting club as yeah. talking about bravado before. A lot of people don't. It's not that you don't necessarily want to. It's just they're not prepared to do it now. Like, how do you curate that in a way of kind of saying, let's let's start the process of that? Yeah. Because um, it's tough. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's very similar downstairs in the gym, to be fair. Like, a lot of people that come to the gym are ready for change. It's reaching the ones that aren't ready to try and bring them along with for the ride as well. Yeah. And if that it starts with the way If you work it out, let me know, because that's a good business <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, no, oh, it's so tough. Like, I, I, I consciously, and there's this little voice in my in my head, I suppose, that goes, oh, some, something's something's not right here, like with that person for whatever reason. It's like an energy thing. Yeah, 100%. It's, like, it's, it's, like a, it's, it's an intuition a, that you can't teach. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you, we learn it, maybe. I don't know. But, and it's not as if, and I've heard, different people I say oh, I see a, I see a red glow around this person or a green glow and like it's definitely not that but it's but it's like an energy frequency it's yeah, just I'm like with you. Oh, something, something's going on here and I need like it's not an obligation we don't have obligations but it's like I, I want to want to get drawn to, want to do something here and then then you pick up and you're just like okay like that, that, that then you feel like the the tension in their necks just release and it's yeah. like okay we're okay now they're, they're themselves again and it can just be, you know, a bad day at work. It can be something a bit more um, tougher. But if they're not ready, and sometimes it's just not the awareness of like, oh, nothing is wrong. Like, it's okay. That's, that's just what my life is. And, mm. you know, I'm okay operating at a three out of ten on the, the mental health scale. And and you can't sort of shake and go, no, life's better when you're a yeah. seven or yep. hovering between a five and an eight. Like, we're, n- we're never going to be ten out of ten all the time. Um, but... There are some tools and techniques that can can help us sort of hover in the, the mm. better part of our minds, yeah. but but at the end of the day, sometimes it's we're comfortable being where we are, even if it is, yep, absolutely, pretty bad. Yeah, and I, I have this conversation a lot, and especially downstairs in the gym. Like naturally, I'm actually very like introverted as a person. Like I don't, I like my own space, but <laughs> being on the gym floor, you want to create an environment that people want a high end not necessarily a high, I don't have to yell at them but an energy space where it's enjoyable and it's kind of it's loud enough but I'll play country music I'll yeah, have ebbs and flows but for me and I was talking about this to uh, with George today actually around like is there an area of you personally that you wish other people knew more about so for me like my my background on that is like I I am very naturally caring but I'm also very much introverted. So a lot of it I keep to myself to an extent and recently I've learned to kind of accept the fact that, yeah, three and is a good day. Um, but also downstairs on the gym floor, you're going to have days where I'm not going to yell and scream. I'm just going to chill out in my own little world. Is there some things for you and you know your work, your life that you find 
tools and tips that can kind of help you ebb and flow through that space but also is there something about you and the way that you do life personal or business mm. that you wish people knew more about brad kind of two questions there i guess yeah kind I'll, of i'll start with i that. diverted myself there no, that's <laughs> all right I, I ran a podcast through covid as well and i had some i had Lockie on as a guest actually yeah. um and i know how tough it is to, to ask questions and then you think of another one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I was just, I was like, I think I asked this question to George and then actually I talked about that with Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. It's, that's, uh, that's the art of conversation. Um, yeah. So about, I'll start, start with about me and then mm. we'll go back to the sure. yeah. other question. Yeah. Talk some tips. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it, it's more, not so about me. Like I, I think I don't, and I love love a bit of poker here and there. Like, but I don't really have a poker face. Like, I, and you know, trust me, Taylor and my mum and, and the people closest to me, the females in my life, who will really pick up on it. Go, yeah, I like you know when you're not happy yeah. with with someone or some situation. Um, so if I am vibrating at a high frequency and I'm up and about, like, yep. well, it, you know, that, that's that's me. And if I'm not, then that's okay too. But it, it's, and I think that. From an other person's perspective, I sometimes try to think about that from you. So if you're really quiet and you you're playing your sad country music, and it doesn't mean that I've got to check in on Mitch because yeah. he's because he's going through something really deep or whatever. Like it, and <laughs> my song, my favorite um, two artists when I was growing up was James Blunt and Teddy Geiger. Yeah, Teddy Geiger's now a girl. Yeah, um, but they're they're really good lyricists, and I I really. And it's just like really, like they're really whiny, they're really soppy, and yeah. and Taylor goes, I don't understand it because you're this person, and yes. this, but yeah. it's sort of maybe it's a bit of yin and yang, um, and it's okay. Like we we can't, we're never a version of ourselves 100 percent of the time, and um, yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything about me that I want people to know, but yeah, like it depends the relationship people have with me. But I'm just human, like you know, like just we all are, we all are, and we don't. Um, we have our bad days, good days, and and that's okay. Like it's, yeah, I, I don't know what. It's hard to tell what people think about me or you as a person. But if yeah. I'm, yeah, if I'm a coach, um, with the boys at Peninsula, like I know what I look up to. All my coaches, they they've been, I've been very lucky to have probably eight really good coaches in my life. Um, from a football point of view, and you think that they know everything, and they're nitpicking they're going oh you know brad missed that target or whatever like that's the my voice and yes. i'm sure those kids yep. think that when they've had a bad training session going oh brad's not going to pick me this week against marcelin and rah, yeah. rah. and it's like oh, we we miss things we make mistakes like yeah. people in positions of power like it's not yeah it's normal it's it's fine like we're human and um i suppose what i value is just honesty and good conversation but yeah the tools and tips to to get out of a bad situation or or being you know um, three out of ten, I think, is is definitely just going back to to your values and yep. um, there's a reason you're in that situation and um, yeah we <laughs> like it's almost like things happen for a reason and I'm not religious and maybe one day there'll be things happen in my life for me to change my mind um, but I'm I'm the bigger big believer in the power of of me and us and, yep. and the people in, in our world. And I think if we if we go back to, to our values, if there's if something's a bit misaligned, it's like, oh that's right. I haven't haven't been um spending time quality time, you know, with, with my partner or 
I've I've um prioritized things like um you know money or you know this or that like things that aren't really the the, the core of what what I'm meant to be and that's when things start to go wrong like is when we sort of go and drift away from our core values um so one of mine is growth so if I'm not growing I'm dying I'm like a plant yep. and if I feel like I've that's probably why I've got 15 offerings is because I just feel like oh, it's a bit stagnant yeah. you know, the the people that I work with might still be loving it but I'm a bit bored of it so um that that's something I need to work on of course but yeah, so going back to our core values and un- understanding it and spending time reflecting on it, have it on the back of the toilet door and just be like, yeah, no, that, that's me. I haven't been hitting that, hence. So, yeah, understanding them and probably having someone like yourself or a close mate or whoever just to go, oh, have those conversations with someone you care about. Yep. Go see a, prof- well, a counsellor every second Wednesday. Um, see, a, see a professional just to check in with someone who's maybe not emotionally attached to you. Yep. That's really cool too. How do you, how do you make kids more conscious of that? Because it's tough. You know, the saint can't put an old head. Yeah, <laughs> young shoulders. Exactly. And mm. I don't know. It's only one of the recently one of those things I've found uh, to be able to like be aware of my not feeling. It's just kind of like where I am on that day that I'm actually processing about how I actually feel. And it's only something recently I've kind of tapped into. But for kids, it, I mean, we all we all were a kid and we all kind of was blinkers on and eyes forward. But how do you kind of tap into that to, I guess, make kids more aware of how they feel? Yeah, what doesn't work is saying, oh, you wouldn't understand this, you're just a kid. Or yeah. Like that. I hate like that. Walls, walls up straight away. Kids are um, smarter than they look. Absolutely. And they are. We don't give them enough credit or a lot of us don't. Um, and there's sponges. Think, and yeah, what also doesn't work is going like, um, yeah. If if you're a bit bit older, or I think once again you just just need to. Um, oh, everyone's different, and there's so there's some thirteen year olds who have a, a better um, ability to to adapt and change than some some thirty three year olds. So I don't think it's so much an age thing. It's just yeah, I don't, yeah. I honestly don't have an answer to that. No. What do you think? I don't think there is one. Yeah. Because as you said, like there's so many different, well, of course with everything, there's so many what different ways of doing things, but kids are so impressionable and we, we as you said before, they're, they're smarter than they look. They they know more than what you think they know. Mm. And I don't know, it's a hard way to kind of tap into making them more aware if they're not open to it, which is also I think one of the blocks is they potentially don't find it or think it's as valuable as it is because they haven't gone through the highs and lows necessarily yet. I'm talking about obviously younger kids here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's hard to kind of tap into, and I think it comes back to as you said for values, but also being a part of something that's bigger than you as well. And like sporting clubs are a great example of that. But giving them a space to be themselves and to be vulnerable, which we talked about before, but also mm. just giving them the chance to be a part of something that's not within their four walls, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. Like ad- adversity sort of only sort of comes from having hard and tough times. So. There's, there's things that you can't um, connect and leverage off to go, oh, this is what I need to do because this didn't work last time or I, I hated feeling like that for six months and this is what I need to do. And you, you can tell a good story and you can make some good uh, um, sort of metaphors and, and all that sort of stuff, but like unless you've experienced it yourself, it's hard hard to really have... The, the long-term driving force to actually make it real change unless you've sat in the, the crap 
Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, kids. But then, then, like we know, unfortunately, there's kids at 10 who've experienced life yeah. worse, worse than what we've... They've had more hardships and so... So they can probably understand it, but then there's they're still very young and they haven't fully developed brain wise. So it's it's yeah, there's challenges. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. What um if you were if you were very lucky enough to empower every parent in the world with something that you you think would absolutely pay dividends from a potentially a kids or a youth mental health or development point of view, what would you love parents to be able to do? And this is a this is a very big question. Massive question. Yeah. Oh, there's no one. You um, don't have to say one, by the way. Okay. Put your phone down. Uh, spend quality time. Sit around a dinner table. Um, be present. Um, your words have consequences or yep. celebrations. Like it, it can can go either way. Um, treat treat your kids um, like you treat your best mate. Like like I think, having said that. It's a little bit different, but Cost. Oh, there's so many things. Like, I know parents are perfect, and I'm not. Like, once again, I'm not a counselor, a psychologist. Yeah, I don't know. Awesome. But like, if what what I see, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with thousands of kids at holiday, even holiday programs where we have, you know, whatever five, six hundred kids a, a term. You see the different types of, of parents come through. Yep. The through a babysitting service, or my kids are the next. Buddy Franklin, or you know, yep. and you, you just see the different types and different investment levels. Like they're dropping them off, and they're just more concerned about I'm late for work, or yep. um, and the kids feel that, and it's like, oh, you know, you don't care about me, you don't, you know, or so. I think just be make make sure that your kids know how important they are to you, because how you view them is how they'll view themselves. So if they don't think they're important when they're nine, they'll very rarely think they're important when they're 29. Yeah. Um, you show me your kid, you show you the adult. And and our number one up until about nine is our is our f- parents. And then, obviously, as we talked about earlier, it's the influence of our friends, you know, in our teenage years. And um, But our self-identity starts from, from how our parents treat us or our biggest, our guardians, our um, whoever we spend the most time with who is an adult figure. So it would just be literally um, treat your kids how you want them to be as adults and you want them to be confident, well-loved, well-respected because then they'll do that for themselves which will therefore make sure they do that to, to the people in their lives when they're older. Excellent. Love it. We're going to finish on that note. I feel yeah. like that. I feel like I made a difference then. You did. <laughs> and I like, lo- for me, you talking about that, I know it's something you're highly passionate in, like you answering that question, like you locked into that and you went off in your own happy space, which is why you're so good at what you do. Tangents. Yeah, no, but that's the best part is it's why I actually really enjoy sitting on this side of the chair is because I just like get to watch the people just go to their happy place. And for you, like that's something that one, you love doing and two, you're really, really good at it. Um, so to be able to sit there and just listen to you talk for that was exceptional. So appreciate that. Thank you for the question, mate. I didn't know how passionate <laughs> I was about that until you, you opened my eyes up to it. But yeah, I'll be looking for that again in April and yeah. <laughs> Be having some hard conversations with some parents. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, no, it's, hard. it's not my place. But if it was my place, that's what I'd say. Of course, I love it. What's uh, what do you enjoy about the last hour, hour twenty five ish? Um, just chewing the fat. Yeah, I was Alice. You were the Wonderland rabbit <laughs> hole. Yeah, I, I really loved um, just being asked questions that had a lot of thought behind it. I know yeah. you've done this with a fair few people now, but um, and it might be 
not autopilot, but you might be like, these are questions that evoke good answers. Mm. But I just love the, I really had to think and yeah. and not just, it's not your sort of elevator pitch like, oh, this is this and this is yeah. that. Like, that's it's not what life is. Like, you got to got to yeah. think. you got to be conscious of why you do what you do and who, who you are. It's, it's definitely one of the reasons why I actually don't like to send people questions before. Yeah. Because for a lot of the time, asking questions just flows on from conversation your job is to listen pay attention and shut the hell up and let them talk about something they call out because that's why they're here um so i i really really enjoy asking thought provoking questions and to an extent i like watching people squirm a little bit because it actually makes them think rather than hey what's your philosophy or hey what do you love doing or something along those lines so yeah it's nice of you to say that because it's something i definitely try and do with kind of this space it's a little bit different it's great i uh, keep doing it and uh yeah there's it even if um the guests that you get on are, are relatively well known or not, like everyone, everyone's got a bit of a, a story that can connect with a lot of the people who do listen. So keep doing it, and um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be definitely listening to some of your other guests now, and um, and just sort of seeing yeah where we can connect because at the end of the day, it's all about people and how how we can um yeah feel more comfortable within our own minds, and um and that's that's really cool. You, you're providing a really good thing, mate. So well Absolutely. done. No, you are. You are someone that was uh, highly requested, and I know you're not going to. You think I'm making that up? But yeah, I, I do. <laughs> no, I know. I have genuinely had four or five people ask for me to talk to you. So that's oh, right. that's why you got the message the other day and said, "Hey, I want to chat to you." There you go. How's well, that make you feel? I'll, I'll pay them fifty bucks. Each. <laughs> yeah. No, you've already paid them. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, that's interesting. How do you go how, being how someone old, who? How old were they? Uh Around my age, so 26 and above. Okay, yeah. A lot of my friends and people I associate with are older, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, from me to you, basically. Yeah, cool. There you go. How, do, how does that make you feel, being someone that people want to hear from? Uh, good. Good. Like, it's um, it's interesting. Like, yeah. I, thought, yeah. I wouldn't have thought... Like, I, I feel like I, I am who I am, so... But having said that, like, it's... A, you're only who you are in in the environment that you are. So you've created an environment where I've talked about things I haven't shared probably since like I was doing some mental health sessions with with clubs, and you only sort of speak to you know thirty to eighty people at once in that setting. So this is something that I can sort of sort of really think about and look back on and be like, oh wow, like you know, that's this is your life sort of thing in a way, and and then grow from it. Um, no point. So yeah, having people sort of go, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind hearing from him. It's a bit, a bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit hey. Very weird. Um. Anyway, that's that's cool though. Who's someone in your world you'd love me to talk to? To sit in this chair. Yeah. Um. Or this one. I always ask guests if they want to pick their favorite side. Oh, that's right. To be fair, I think nearly everyone's actually picked that side. So I don't know what that is. I reckon I saw your computer and the guests yeah, on this yeah, side. I was I editing a video subliminal, when you got here. Yeah. Subliminal. <laughs> pew. Yeah, when you, uh, when you got here, I was editing your video, so maybe that played a part. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I reckon, oh, there's so many. I, I love love my mates to be up here. Who's, who's someone I don't really know that well? Um, Who's someone you think keeps a bit to themselves that you reckon has some pretty good value to provide but just doesn't know how to do it? I can see your brain ticking over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, immediately I just think of a fellow introvert. I'm not introverted, but um, yeah. you, Sam Fox. Yeah. For sure. Like he, I'd love that because that'd be so interesting. And I don't know Foxy that well at all, to be fair. And, I mean, if I walk past him in the street, he wouldn't give me a look, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But from what I've heard, yeah. I think he is, yeah, definitely someone in that boat. He's um he's a very interesting human who has got the best heart and 
or yeah, I did a potty with him and Foxy back in twenty mid mid twenty twenty, just maybe for Lockie and Steve. Yep. Um, and yeah, just like people got an insight into to him and Trent then, but um, yeah, Foxy's like just so intelligent, so so in line with um with his values and someone who obviously succeeds. Um, one he's talented, but he's just a hard worker who who does what he what he needs to do. Um, so I reckon people will just be like, whoa, he's a really deep thinker for someone who, you know, might not seem like it. Yeah. He's just a, a footballer, but he's much more than that. I definitely got that feeling from when I started at Saints as he was obviously working on the community side from what I remember. And, yep. you know, he was someone who's, again, is very infectious and everything that's drawn toward and there's, there's a reason for that. And mm. I would presume everyone loves him. Yeah. From the outside looking in again, that's what it feels like. Yeah. No, he's been been great at Tyab. Um, he's he's great at Frankston, but um, yeah, he's really stepped into the leadership and out of his comfort zone of being introverted. But he's got a lot of value, so yeah, some of these questions he just knock out of the park, mate. You'd love it. I reckon he'd freeze a little bit and then go, "Should I actually have to talk about this now?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's probably yeah, he's very reserved and keeps to himself. But I think in an environment like this, you create really, really um, you know, comfortable. And yes, there might be. Five or a hundred or five hundred people who listen, but at the end of the day, or I don't know, don't know what your viewership's like, but like it, if it helps helps someone or makes them reflect on themselves, like how good's that? And, I'm, and Sam would do that for that reason, I reckon. Excellent. Well, on that note, my friend, thank you very much for having a chat. Let's go eat some dinner, hey? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm so you excited. cooking? Oh, no, I got a my muscle chef meal downstairs because oh. I knew it was going to go late. Seb, Seb Quirk said he's got two minute noodles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Can't wait to get home and you'd be asleep or something. Thank anyway, you, thank you, mate. Appreciate it. We are out of here. Another episode of Virtus Podcast. Have fun listening to Lucy. Have a good day.